Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. An angel came to see Mary. She was doing laundry, and then the angel just appeared and she was really scared. So Gabriel was like, Mary, you're gonna have, what? I can't can't say good. Mary, you're gonna have a baby. I, you're gonna have a baby and you will call him Jesus. And then Mary was like, I'm not gonna have a baby yet. I'm only a teenager and I'm not married. Then the angel Gabriel told Joseph that Mary is not lying. She, you are having a new baby. And so they met up. They went to Bethlehem, which was Joseph's. Old town. They ride a donkey. <laughs> I don't know. A camel. Oh yeah, a camel. She said, this donkey's fast. Well, they tried to go to a hotel and they asked the keeper um for a place to stay. The keeper said, We have no rooms. Literally no rooms. <laughs> so Mary and Joseph walked away sadly, but then he said, The only place in here in Bethlehem, that that you can stay stay is a staple, and then he just pointed the way and they followed. When the shepherds were taking care of the sheep, then they saw angels. The angels said, "A new baby is getting born, who is king of the Jews." The angel were singing. And then the shepherd said, I think we should go there and meet him. The second, I think, said, yeah, I agree with you. And the other said, yeah, me too. They had to walk through a bunch of grass and bushes, maybe have to camp out a night. And then the wise men heard about it. And then a star appeared. Well, we should probably follow that star. It's pointing down to the barn. So maybe we should follow it. Maybe. So the wise men went to Jesus. They gave them gifts. A stuffed animal, like a hippo one, they have at home. Some diapers, and some wipes, and some milk, some shoes, some Jordans. Gold ring and Latimer. And I don't know how I would survive in that barn. Too stinky, too crowded, and ugh. I think he probably pooped because the room was very smelly. Thank you for coming. He's adorable. He's gonna be our best friend. I love you, and you're the best baby I ever seen. There, I said it. (laughs) The new baby is gonna change the world. Don't you just love Christmas from the eyes of a child, amen? So beautiful. I want to say it is so great to see everybody here. 
on this cold Christmas morning. It's supposed to hit 30 today. We're going to have a heat wave, amen, over the last couple days. Thank you for making church a part of your Christmas celebration today. Also want to say Merry Christmas to everybody that's watching service online today. Thank you for being here today. Amen. We're so glad that you made it. And uh, before I begin, I think we should give a shout out of love to every volunteer that is serving in both services today to make it possible for us to be here. Amen. Some of them are serving both services, and we really appreciate them doing that. And uh, so... How many of you like Christmas movies? Amen. It's not a trick question. It's okay, man. I mean, you know, I'm kind of, I kind of like some of the old classics. I like the new ones too. And uh, uh, for my earliest, uh, you know, Christmas memories, there's a few Christmas movies that always stuck out with me. And I'm trying to get my grandson Mason to watch some of these with me, but it's just not working yet. I tried again this year to get him to watch uh, Rudolph, and it's, I guess it's moving too slow for him. I don't know what the deal is. He won't watch it. Now I try, well, let's try The Year Without a Santa Claus. I mean, it's clay. It was made in 1964. How bad can it be, right? But no, he didn't want anything to do with that. But you know, some of my favorites are some of the older ones. Uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. How many Rudolph fans do we have in the house? Uh, a Christmas Carol, you know, featuring Ebenezer Scrooge. That's one of the classics. But my all-time favorite one is It's a Wonderful Life, right? That's my favorite one of all. If you guys could give me just a little bit more monitor, please. Another favorite of mine was the cartoon version, the old version of The Grinch That Stole Christmas. Now, if you're not familiar with that story, it's a story of a cranky old Grinch that more than anything hates Christmas. Uh, year after year, he has to listen to all the Who's down in Whoville. Now, if you're a UVA fan, that means people who live in Charlottesville, right? <laughs> if you're not, you don't know what I'm talking about. All the Who's in Whoville. Uh, and he always has to listen to them, get all excited about another Christmas. And he always wants to steal the joy of Christmas from them. So on this particular year, with the help of his lovable dog, Max, the Grinch is going to steal all their Christmas presents. And in turn, he wants to steal their Christmas joy. He manages to steal all the presents, but much to his dismay, he finds out that when he steals the stuff, he doesn't ruin the celebration. And he finally comes to the conclusion that Christmas wasn't about the gifts after all. He has this massive change of heart, and instead of destroying the Who's Christmas, he joins them for the celebration. Even though he tried, the Grinch could not steal the spirit of Christmas. Now, we all know that the big green Grinch is not a real person, but there is a real-life Grinch that I want to talk to you a little bit about today. And he wants to not only steal the joy of Christmas, but he wants to steal all the joy and victory that Christ has planned for your life. And the Grinch that I am referring to is the one who we call the devil. And Jesus actually told us about him in the Bible and what his ultimate goal was. If you have your Bibles, John chapter 10, verse 10. If you want to turn there, it says, The thief does not come except to steal 
and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Now, the Grinch, the devil, he comes to steal and to kill and to destroy every good thing that the Lord has done for us, doesn't he? You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, right? You know, but Jesus, the reason for the season, the one who we celebrate on this Christmas day, he came, the Bible says, that we might have life and have it more abundantly. That's the reason Jesus came. So my sermon today is this, don't let the Grinch steal Christmas. Don't let the Grinch steal Christmas. Now, last week during our Christmas program, which by the way, it was amazing, wasn't it? If you were here, we had a great program. It was a record-breaking attendance day for us. One of the songs that we sang was Joy to the World. That word joy is found everywhere during the month of December. I mean, you can see it on signs. You see it in advertisements. You see it in the windows of stores. You see it in the commercials. You'll see the word joy probably more between Thanksgiving and Christmas than any other time in your life. Now, why do we talk so much about joy? Well, first of all, Christianity is a joyous faith. Can you say amen to that? It is a faith of joy. Jesus actually said, he said, I've come and I've told you these things that your joy would be full. That was in John 15. As believers, our joy tanks ought to remain full. And one thing I love about Christmas is that it is the one holiday that connects and crosses over really to our secular culture like no other one. Think about it. People of many different religions, even people with no religion, celebrate Christmas. And one reason I not only like Christmas movies, but I like Christmas music, is that the message of Jesus can be heard on every single station imaginable, come on, by all different kinds of people, amen? Country stars are singing about it. Rock stars are singing about it. They play Christmas music on the rock stations, the country stations. On You're walking in the mall. You can hear it. Hear songs about a way in a manger. Hear songs about silent night. I love this time of year because people have to hear about Jesus whether they want to or not. <laughs> I love Christmas music. What other holiday has an entire genre of music set aside for itself? And in the Bible, in the story of the very first Christmas, that word joy is used eight different times. It's a major theme of Christmas. It's why we say Merry Christmas, because it's a party. It's a celebration. It's a birthday. What is it that brings joy to you? I don't know, there's lots of things to bring joy to me with this uh, Christmas, the way the holiday fell this year. Yesterday, we had uh, Christmas at my house, and all of my kids, uh, Lauren and Lindsay were there, their husbands were there, my grandkids were there, my adopted daughter Alexis was there. We opened presents, and we got to see everything, and man, it was just a joyous day. We had a wonderful Christmas lunch. Then we watched, I wasn't going to bring this up, but since my son-in-law's here, we watched the Cowboys beat the Eagles. I mean, it was just... I mean, it was just a great day. <laughs> yeah, he, he's mad because he knows I'm taking advantage of the bully pulpit right now, right? But that's all I'm going to say about that. It brought a lot of joy from the time we woke up 
till the time we went to bed. After church today, we're going to go to Lindsay and Xavier's house, and we're going to watch them open Christmas presents at their house today. They're so little yet, they don't know that they're getting robbed because they got to wait till 1 p.m. <laughs> to open presents, right? I mean, <laughs> but it, stuff like that, it just brings joy. What brings joy to your life? See, happiness is external, but joy is internal. You know why, like, reason why that brings me joy, it's not just opening presents, that's happiness. But it's seeing my family and being with the people I love, that brings me joy. Amen? And happiness depends, we've talked about this, we just uh, talked about it in our sermon series a few weeks ago, Pastor Rodney talked about it. Happiness depends on where you are in the moment. Happiness depends on happenings, right? But joy is on the inside. Joy is eternal. Joy is not just an external emotion. Joy is the determined choice that I'm going to praise God and honor God and thank God in all things, right? That's a whole lot different than just feeling good. And I want to remind you that God wants you and I to live a joy-filled life. But the enemy, the devil, everybody say the Grinch. For the sake of my sermon today, instead of calling him Lucifer, I'm going to call him the Grinch, right? The enemy wants to steal the gift of joy and abundant life from you. Can we agree? The scripture said that the thief comes, John 10 and verse 10, look at the New Century Version. He comes to steal and kill and destroy, amen? The real Grinch makes the fake Grinch look very nice. The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said this, look, I came to give life, life in all its fullness. We're celebrating today a baby in a manger. We're celebrating the birth of Christ. We know he probably wasn't born on December 25th. That doesn't matter. We are honoring the birth of Jesus, and the reason he came was to give us life. And to give us life more abundantly. And hear me, the Grinch wants to steal that from our lives. The manger, the wise man, the star, Bethlehem. It was all about the fact that Christ, God robed himself in flesh. And he came as the son of God so that you and I could live free. But the devil, the ultimate Grinch, he wants to steal what Jesus came to give us. And a lot of the stuff he does to try to steal from us, you can actually find those tactics in the Christmas story. Many of the ways that he tried to harm them. So that's what I want to talk about today. I'd like to show you from the Christmas story how the Grinch tried to steal Christmas from some of the main people in the story, Mary, Joseph, and the wise men. Are you ready? Let's start with Mary. Turn to your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Luke 1, 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, notice Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. And then in verse 30, the angel said, don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. 
the number one thing that steals joy and victory out of our life is stress and fear. The Grinch will use stress and fear to steal your Christmas. I'm talking about anxiety. I'm talking about fear. I'm talking about when you get stressed out, when you're tense, when you're nervous, when you're scared, when you're afraid, when you're worried. And time, uh, anytime, hear me, that you get overly stressed out with worry and fear, you can't be joyful and fearful at the same time. You can't. It will rob it from you. Anxiety comes in the front door, and guess what? Joy goes out the back door. Doesn't it? When we look at the Christmas story, we've got this beautiful little picture of Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus and a sheep laying down beside and nice soft hay. But have you ever thought about how much stress Mary was under at the time? You see, in the Bible, in Bible days, girls would get married sometimes as early as 13 or 14 or 15 years old. Because in the Bible, in the New Testament days, they only lived to the age of about 35 or 40. That was the average lifespan. It wasn't like the Old Testament. So people were getting married early. Do you realize Mary was probably at the most 15 years old when she gave birth to Jesus? Now, that's pretty stressful, right? In and of itself. Mary's not some mature woman at the age of 25 or 30. She's this young teenager who's engaged to be married, and then she gets the distinction of the virgin birth. How's that for stress in your life, right? What is that? Try to explain the immaculate conception to your fiance. Hey, Joseph, I'm pregnant. Really? <laughs> yep. Well, uh, who's the father? Because I know it ain't me. Well, you ain't going to believe it. God. <laughs> Talk about anxiety. Talk about fear. She's single. She's in a small town. She's 14 or 15. Can you imagine the scandal? Then, to top it off, just days before she gives birth, she's got to climb on the back of a donkey, and for the last three days of her pregnancy, she's got to ride from Nazareth to Bethlehem for a census. By the way, ladies who've had babies, how many of you would like to spend the last three days of your pregnancy on the back of a donkey? Just a show of hands. I'm looking. I still don't see any hands. Right? Man, talk about stress. Talk about anxiety. And then to punch it all off, if all this goes according to plan, you get to raise the Son of God. How's that for pressure? You think it's hard raising your kid? How'd you like to raise the one kid who actually was perfect in every way? So there's all this fear. There's all this anxiety. And you know what? In that first story of Christmas, the word afraid is used seven times. <laughs> Every time an angel shows up, the first thing is, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why does he say that? I'll tell you why. Because stress and fear robs you of joy, robs you of victory, and it will sabotage your purpose. Right. Amen? Amen? And the Grinch, the devil, would love to have you so focused on the stress and fear in your life that he robs you of the reason that Jesus came, to give you a joy-filled and abundant life. And by the way, I'm not just talking about Christmas Day. I'm talking about every day of the year. Jesus came, and we celebrate this day, so the other 364 days, you can have an abundant, victorious, joy-filled life. Amen.
So what did Mary do when she was faith with so much stress and fear? Same thing we need to do. Are you ready? Mary chose to trust God and accept his plan. Trust God and accept his plan. When the angel told Mary what the plan was, he said, don't be afraid because you've been chosen by God for his purpose. Now listen, I don't have time to go into this today, but I just want to give you a reminder. Every single one of you have been chosen by God for a specific purpose. Hallelujah. For a specific purpose. God has a purpose for your life, just like he had a purpose for Mary. But guess what? You can miss that purpose if you don't do what Mary did. Choose to accept his plan. You got to choose God's plan. In the middle of all that chaos, Mary trusted God and accepted his plan. Now, unfortunately, most people in our world, they miss the purpose of God in their life because they don't make the same choice that Mary did. When Mary was afraid, she chose to trust God and accept his plan. So let me pause right here and ask everybody here a question. What are you anxious about on this Christmas day? What are you anxious about going into 2023? What are you nervous about this coming year? What's got you uptight? What keeps you up at night? Are you worried about your finances? Are you worried about your health? Are you worried about your marriage? If you're single, are you worried, am I ever going to get married? You see, there's all this anxiety and stress, and the Grinch just stands back, and he likes to use it as a weapon against us to keep us in fear. But you've got to do what Mary did. Trust God and accept his plan. Take everything you've worried about and put it in God's hands. God, this is bigger than I am. I can't figure all this out, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to accept your plan even though I don't understand it. And that is exactly what Mary did at that first Christmas, and that's what you and I can do today. The Grinch tried to use stress and fear to steal Mary's joy, but instead she chose to trust God and accept his plan. Now let's take a look at another figure in the Christmas story, Joseph. Have you ever thought about the Christmas story from the perspective of Joseph? Have you ever considered how wounded Joseph must have been when he got the news that his wife-to-be, the woman he loves, is going to have a baby? Look at me in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, when she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Now, when you read some other versions of the Bible, it doesn't use the word engagement. It uses the word betrothal. And hear me, Joseph is planning a wedding. His fiance comes to him and says, I'm pregnant. Joseph knows it wasn't him. So how do you imagine Joseph must have felt? He felt betrayed. He felt cheated. He was extremely disappointed. I'm sure many of us would have felt the same way. And hear me, the Grinch will try to do the same thing to you that he tried to do to Joseph. Are you ready? The Grinch will use hurt and resentment to try to steal your Christmas. Yes, he will. A lot of you know the feeling. You know what it's like to feel betrayed or hurt by a loved one or a friend or maybe even an employer or a business partner. Man, it's not a good feeling. And I'm going to tell you, it's hard to start over, isn't it? 
It's hard to move past it. The Bible says that Joseph and Mary were betrothed to each other. And by the way, that's more than just a regular engagement. That was a strong commitment. You know, today, if you get engaged to somebody and it doesn't work out, you break off the engagement, it's no fun. But you know what? You move on. But it wasn't that easy in the Bible. A betrothal was a legal contract that they had to sign one year before their wedding date. And they made this commitment to one another. And during that time, there's no sleeping together. There's no fooling around. But you are actually married. Uh, and, uh, and basically, legally, you're married. And you're bound to one another. And in fact, if you broke that contract, there were some serious consequences. And you could only break that contract by divorce. So a betrothal was the equivalent of a marriage. And Joseph, here's his wife, is pregnant. He's brokenhearted. And guess what? God hadn't told him anything yet. God hadn't told him anything yet. God's going to tell him later, but he hasn't told him yet. And hear me, the Grinch is definitely trying to wreck Joseph's life. One of the greatest destroyers of the joy and peace and abundant life that Jesus comes to give us is resentment and hurt. Can the church say amen to that? Amen. Hear me, the Grinch will destroy your life with undealt with resentment and hurt. Because you can't be resentful and hurt and joyful and victorious at the same time. Amen. Resentment comes when there's been a hurt in your life and you've been wounded or you've been disappointed and you've not dealt with the pain properly. Come on, I didn't just come today to talk about a manger and a star. I want to help somebody today. I want to help you move into 20 and 23 without the same baggage that you've been carrying. Amen. Everybody in this room and everybody watching this message online, has experienced hurt in their life, has experienced pain in their life. We've all been wounded in some fashion, but hear me, not everybody is healed from it. Not everybody's healed. Some people, instead of healing, they develop resentment. Instead of victory, they're bound. And you don't want it to be that way. I want to say something. I want to look right at the camera when I say this. To everybody that's been wounded by the words of people, or maybe you've been wounded physically, or maybe you've been abused sexually or emotionally. I want to look at this camera and I say, I am very sorry for what has happened to you. For every person that has been hurt in the church, hear me, by a Christian or maybe even a minister, people who ought to know better. Can the church say amen? amen. Come on, people who ought to be at a higher level. But guess what? We're still people. I want to tell everybody that's experienced church hurt and pain, I feel sorry for you. And I'm sorry that this happened, amen? For everybody that's been hurt on the job or hurt in their family or hurt in a marriage, amen, I want to say that I'm sorry this has happened. And I also want to remind you we live in a broken world and that people are broken. God never said it was going to be fair, but people are broken because of sin. And it's because of sin that we sometimes are capable of hurting people that we love. I don't know all the details of your story, but hear me. Regardless of how you've been hurt, you've still got to deal with your response. If not, the Grinch is going to steal your Christmas and your New Year's and your Valentine's Day and your birthday. Amen. Come on. He's going to steal it all. Bitterness keeps millions, if not billions of people 
from experiencing joy and victory in their lives. We all know people like that who've been bitter and angry their whole life, and then when they get old, they're grumpy and they're grouchy and they don't have any friends, and they just never achieve what God wanted them to achieve. Imagine what Joseph could have done. Joseph could have said, I did not sign up for this. We talking about Mary, virgin birth? Are you kidding me? You couldn't come up with a better story than that? God overshadowed you, and now you're going to have a baby? Come on, girl. At least look me in the eye and tell me the truth. Who's the daddy? Joseph could have done that. He said, look, peace out. I'm gone. You're, you're through. I'm going to marry somebody else. I don't have to do this. You have broken our engagement. I didn't sign up for this. Well, you know what he could have done? He could have said, God, I didn't sign up for this. I had a plan. I was going to have my wife and my kids build up my little carpentry business, live a good life. I'm just going to mind my own business. But now this whole little situation comes and wrecks it. Hurt and resentment. But you know what Joseph did, or rather what he did? He didn't seek to retaliate. He didn't seek revenge. He didn't humiliate Mary. He didn't get bitter. Instead, he extended grace. Before he even knew the facts, don't forget this, he had mercy. And so you know what you and I need to do when we're faced with the same decisions? When Joseph was hurt, he offered grace and he let it go. That's how Joseph kept the Grinch from stealing his Christmas. He offered grace and he let it go. Instead of resentment, he embraced mercy. He chose to offer grace and let it go. Even before he knew what was really going on, or before an angel showed up to tell him the rest of the story, he had decided to turn his hurt into grace. Now, if I'd have been God, you know what I would have done? I would have said, Mary, Joseph, I need y'all to meet me tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock. Make sure you're here. Make sure you're on time. I got an angel coming. He's going to tell you something's going to blow your mind. Make sure you're on time. I would have told them both at the same time. No, God didn't do that. Did you know why, though? God had a purpose even for that. Did you know sometimes God doesn't tell us the whole story because he wants to test our character? He wants to test who we are. He just told Mary the plan. Joseph has to deal with all the confusion because God had a plan in delaying his answer. By the way, I got to tell somebody, your answer's on its way, but there's a reason why it's delayed. There's a reason why God hadn't told you, because he's trying to work something in you and work something out of you. Come on, somebody. Come on, God's trying to develop your character, and that's what he did with Joseph. Maybe he said, I'm not, I can't speak for God. Maybe he just thought, you know what, I better check this dude out, because he's fixing to be the stepdad to the son of God. Is he going to be compassionate? Is he going to be forgiving? Is he going to be loving? How's he going to treat Mary? What's he going to do? How's he going to respond? Is he going to be resentful or is he going to be forgiving? Again, folks, you can't be resentful and joyful at the same time. And hear me, resentment is the most worthless and unprofitable emotion on the face of this earth. It is. It does nothing except make you miserable. Resentment will never change the past. Bitterness doesn't make you feel better. It only makes you feel worse. But somehow in our minds, we think that if we hold on to that hurt, we're somehow getting revenge. Hear me, you're not hurting them at all. You're only hurting yourself with resentment. 
Now, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but let me just say, you're thinking, I can't believe what they did to me. You're thinking, and you know what? They're at Starbucks drinking a $7 latte. They haven't thought about you in years. Come on, I don't want to be cold. I'm just telling you the truth. They've already moved on with their life. And we're still sitting around stewing in our juices, mad, chained to somebody by resentment. And I know that sounds cold, but you've got to not just make yourself miserable. You've got to let it go. Did you know years ago, before you were even born, a thousand years ago, God knew that you'd be sitting here on Christmas Day, 2022. You'd be sitting in Life Church, or you'd be watching this message online. And you know what he was saying to you? It's time to let it go. It's time to let it go. I, I want to tell somebody, here, listen. You came on Christmas Day. You got up and got dressed. You battled the elements for God to come and tell you it's time to let it go. A week from now, it's going to be 2023, brand new year. Time to let it go, amen? Come on, don't let the Grinch steal your joy any longer. Come on, don't let the devil take your victory any longer. It's time to let it go. So God finally shows up. He sends the angel. Actually, he sends a dream. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20, as he considered this, considered how he was going to get rid of Mary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Joseph passed the character test, and God showed him the plan. And because Joseph didn't get bitter, God blessed him in such an incredible way. Now, you and I have got to decide what we want in life. Do you want to be bitter or do you want to be blessed? Come on, on, it's up to you. Mary chose to trust God and follow his plan when she was afraid. Joseph chose to show grace and let it go, even in the middle of circumstances that hurt him. And then there's a third weapon before we close that I want to tell you that the Grinch uses to try to rob you of Christmas. The Grinch will use confusion to steal your Christmas. Confusion. When you're confused about life, joy just drains out of you. Amen? When you can't figure out what you're supposed to do, when you can't make up your mind, when you keep second-guessing yourself, there's no way you're going to have joy and abundant living in your life. At that very first Christmas, read the story, everybody was confused except for the angels. (laughs) Joseph was confused, Mary was confused, the shepherds were confused, the wise men were confused, the Bible said Herod was confused. Matter of fact, when you read the scripture, it says all of Jerusalem was in an uproar. The whole city was confused. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. So you got the wise men, and they followed this star all the way to Jerusalem, but now they don't know where to go. They said, what direction do we take? Bible tells us they were wise men from the east. We really don't know where they came from. They might have came from Iran, which in the Bible was Persia. They might have come from the Babylonian Empire. They might have came from India or from China. But we just know they started following a star. They didn't have a map. They don't have a schedule. 
They don't have a map on their cell phones. Come on. They're confused. So you know what they did? They took off following the light that they had been given. In fact, when they got to Jerusalem, they had asked for directions. Where is this king of the Jews to be born? Even though they didn't know where they were going, come on, even though they, they didn't know exactly what was happening, they didn't understand the details, here's what they did when they were confused. When the wise men were confused, they chose to follow God's light one step at a time. Come on, somebody, one step at a time. They were seeking out God and what he was trying to show. They're following the light that God has given them. They're doing it by faith. And notice, they didn't wait to understand all the details. I want to tell some, some of you are waiting for everything to be perfect. You can't wait to get it all figured out. Sometimes you've just got to follow the glimmer of light that God has given you and trust him. The Bible says the steps of a good man are what? Ordered by the Lord. But you know what they are? Steps. It It didn't say the sedentary posture of of an equivocating man are ordered by the Lord. It didn't say the steps of a man who is unstable in all his. It said the steps, the the footsteps, you've got to be moving. Follow the light that you've been given. These wise men didn't give up their search until they found Jesus. They didn't have to know all the details. Matthew 2, 9 and 10 says, after this interview, this was when they met with King Herod, the wise men went their way, and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. Don't miss that. It went ahead of them, and it stopped over the place the child was. This was no ordinary star. Amen? When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. Notice the Bible says that star moved. That star moved and got until it got to where Jesus, and it stopped. That's how they knew they were in the right place. All God gave them was a guiding light, and they eventually got to where they wanted to be. You know what the problem is with us, guys? We want a map, a detailed map. We want a detailed plan of action. Now, I don't know about you. How many of you love to use your map on your phone? Is that all? I'm literally helpless without my, my, my map on my phone. Everywhere I go, man, I, wanna, I know exactly what route I'm taking. I want to know how long it will take. If it's only a 15-minute journey, sometimes I just put it in there so I can see how long it's going to take me. I mean, I want to know. I want to know if there's any unexpected hazards coming up. It's awesome. But hear me, life does not work that way. God doesn't give you the map. He doesn't tell you when the hazards are coming. Lauren and Evan, they come down often from Northern Virginia, and she'll call me sometimes and she'll say, Dad, we're getting off the interstate and we're going to go down 301 because the map shows us there's an accident ahead. Don't you wish life was like that? Oh, hey, pastor, guess what? My map of life showed me that in three months I'm going to have a crisis, so I'm going to start getting ready now. My map showed me that I'm getting laid off in seven months, so I'm going to start saving now. Don't you wish it was that way? God doesn't work that way. I'm going to tell you why God didn't give you the whole plan. Number one, he doesn't show you the entire plan because you'd be scared to death if you knew the whole plan. If you knew the exact number of your days, if you knew what trial was coming down the road that you don't think you could handle, but when you get there, you're going to be able to handle it. 
If you knew what blessings were coming, you'd be scared to death. And you want to know the other reason why God doesn't tell us the whole plan? If he told us everything, we wouldn't have to trust him. We wouldn't have to trust him. Oh, yeah, guess what? You're going to make plenty of money till the time you die. Everything's going to be rosy. Your kids are all going to go to church. They're all going to become missionaries and pastors. You're never going to have to miss a meal in your life. You're never going to miss a bill. Guess what? Trust just flew right out the window. Thank you, Jesus. Now let me live my life. Amen. No, God knows that if we knew the whole picture, we couldn't trust him. We'd be scared to death of the plan. But you know what he did do for the wise man? He said, here's a little bit of light. I want you to follow it. I know you're confused. I know you don't know what's going on. But just follow the light because I'm going to lead you to the reward. Psalm 119 and 105 says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light unto my path. You know what light he gives us? He gives us his spirit. He gives us his word. I want to ask the praise team and musicians to come up at this time. Mary had to fight fear and stress. Joseph had to deal with hurt and resentment. Wise men had to push past their confusion. All because the Grinch wanted to steal the plan of God from their lives. So today I want to ask you, has the Grinch tried to steal your Christmas joy and victory? Come on. You may have lost your joy from anxiety or fear. You've got too many worries, too many fears, too many anxieties, and you're keeping them all pushed down. You may have lost your joy because of a hurt or a resentment that somebody brought into your life. You don't know how to let it go. You don't know how to get beyond it. Maybe you can't be joyful because you're fearful or maybe you're resentful. Some of you, you don't have any joy because you're just confused and you don't know north from south, top from bottom. and You, don't, you just don't know. But you've got to follow the light that God is giving you. Luke chapter 2 and verse 10 says, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Great joy to all people. Would you stand with me all over this house? Go ahead and play. See, I don't care what you've done. I don't care where you've been in life. The Grinch can't steal your Christmas. He cannot kill, steal, and destroy unless we allow him to. Jesus came to give us abundant and victorious life. Don't let the Grinch steal your Christmas. Amen? We need to fight the enemy with wisdom. We need to fight the enemy with faith. We need to fight the enemy with trust and confidence in our God. The Grinch can't steal your Christmas unless we let him. So hear me, you don't just need Jesus on this Christmas day. You need him every day. We need him year after year. This Christmas, you need to pray what David prayed after he really messed up in his life. In Psalm 51 and 12, he said this, Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And that's what we need today. Amen. Praise team's going to begin to sing joy to the world. And I want you to begin to sing this as an expression of love to the Lord. And understand, He is our joy. Amen. He is our reason for victory today. Amen. Why don't we sing with the team today? Amen. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let every see.
pray with me? Father, I don't want to live a joyless life. I don't want to live anything less than the abundant life that you've planned for me. I don't want to just exist. I don't want to let anxiety or hurt or resentment or any of those things, God, cause me to lose out on the things that you have planned for me. This Christmas, God, I need your help from heaven. Thank you for sending Jesus to be our Savior. I don't understand it all, but just like Mary, God, I'm going to decide to trust you, and I'm going to accept your plan for my life. Like Joseph, God, if there's any hurt or resentment that's come into my heart, God, I want you to fill me with your grace and help me, Lord, just to let it go so that it doesn't hold me back any longer, God. Like the wise men who were confused, God, I just want to follow your path, God. I will follow whatever glimmer of light you give me, Lord, trusting you, God, knowing that you're going to lead me into perfect peace. I thank you for Jesus on this Christmas day. I thank you, God, for your saving grace. I thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of my sins, for healing my body, for food on my table and shoes on my feet. God, I thank you even for the heat that we've enjoyed in our homes on this cold weekend, God. We are so blessed and we're so grateful. And this next year of 2023, nothing is going to steal my joy. Devil, you are a liar. You can kill and steal somewhere else, but you're not going to do it in my house. I stand on the Word of God and the authority of the Holy Spirit, and I thank you in Jesus' name. Let's praise Him one more time. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.